For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode today is brought to you by Grinding Coffee Co. Grinding Coffee, a black LGBTQ-owned coffee business that donates a portion of every sale to charity. Coffee is imported from around the world and they pride themselves on great customer service for a small team. Use promo code PITLANEPARLAY for 13% off your order. Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Jokum. Matt and Shannon are with me, and joining us for the first time is Mark Urban. Mark, first off, how are you, my friend? Very well. Thank you for asking me to come on and not prepping me at all of what we were going to do until two minutes yep. ago. So, very excited. This, this is how we roll. Welcome yep. to the podcast. <laughs> this very is how good. we do it. Pre- preparation is overrated. And no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, thanks for joining and thanks for having us on last week on the Twitter Spaces chat. That was a lot of fun. And as I was telling Shannon and somebody last week, that was literally the first time I've ever talked on one of those before. Mm, okay. So no, they're I, fun. I was, a, yeah. was that the somebody? Was 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 I the somebody in that sentence? <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, maybe. I don't remember. That was like a week ago. Because I joined and I was like, I'm not sure what to do here. And you just requested me to speak and I didn't know what button to click. And I was also distracted. He's like, you can talk if you want. I'm like, I don't yeah, know. I describe it to people. I'm like, it's like a live podcast. And they're like, so radio. I'm like, yeah, it's like radio, basically. So, yeah, they're, they're a lot of fun. You know, just get people on, ask questions. Uh, we've had some interesting things where apparently people actually like go on and find random spaces and request to speak and then just like start saying a bunch of offensive stuff and they think it's funny. So you oh. block them. That's a, It happened once during ours. So like now I'm a lot more careful with like – if you ask to speak and like I see you're not following anyone or anything like that, I don't approve you. Or I'm like DM me and what's your question and I'll ask your question for you, and then they what? leave. That's insane. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty crazy. It's it's interesting you. Well, it's interesting you say that because Mike Jokum is a certified troll. I mean, only but. towards Rich Energy, but and and Cody and the Bray brothers. But yeah, we had that happen on. <laughs> <laughs> Carb day twenty, was it last year twenty twenty? I don't. Know. Oh, is this a media? No, call it was thing? when I did the IndyCar Nation hangout with a bunch of IndyCar Nation oh, fans, that's right. and we got some people who joined in, and they're like playing music, and it was incredibly offensive to the point where I called IndyCar, and I was like, I, I, I was not part. I don't know what was. I don't know what happened there. Like I was like sweating bullets. I was so nervous afterwards. But anyway, we survived. We didn't get canceled. We're still here. I'm going to turn it over to Matt for his random question, and then we'll dive into th- some things. All right. I'm keeping on the food trend this oh. week because last week was uh, oh. candy corn. Mark, are you a candy corn Answer guy? wisely. I like candy corn. I don't hate it. I don't really have a huge opinion on candy corn, but if it's like you're at a party and it's in the dish, I'll eat some. 
I don't yeah, think it's ba- I don't think it's bad. <laughs> like, why would she have said that? If that's at, if it's in the dish, hey, I'll eat it. Listen, I've heard some crazy things. <laughs> that is the least of them. <laughs> I mean, she's is not wrong. Is this a, well, a PG-rated podcast or? Is this not really. Not when I'm here. <laughs> you can just start dropping f bombs yeah. if you want. You just. You just Mike just, just has to edit it, which yeah. makes it fun. So yeah, thanks. Okay, Hickey, go ahead. All right, so uh, keeping on the food theme for a, a potentially divisive one as well, depending on what camp you're in. Are we all uh, creamy peanut butter people or chunky peanut butter people? If anybody chooses chunky peanut butter, they need to be sent to the sun. Yeah, you should be sent to prison for that. I'm not like smooth peanut butter all the way. Yeah. No, you can't spread chunky oh, peanut butter. Well, okay, I gotta. Eat it's like when you'd spend the night disgusting. at your grandma's house when you were a kid, and all she'd have is <laughs> chunky peanut butter, and you're like, "What the hell, grandma? Like, how do I spread this on my toast? It's destroying yeah. my toast. <laughs> like, come it on." It also destroys the top of your mouth when you try to eat it. <laughs> I just don't. Terrible. I just don't get it. It's 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 no fun if we four zero a topic. Because, yes, I'm also a creamy peanut butter guy. So, uh, I guess my next one would be, who was your all-time least favorite athlete and why? Ooh. That's a good I one. I have one. I don't know about all-time, but kind of maybe all-time in, like, recent memory. And that would be Tom Yesterday. Wilson for the Capitals. He's, he's oh, such a scumbag. Guy. And he's, like, mildly talented, which makes it even more annoying. Because he could still score... 15 20 goals a year but he's such a dirty player really strong dude too like really really well built but just a dirt bag listen i'm a flyers fan and matt's a wild fan and we're agreeing on something and we're not like ha screw you so like he's that kind of guy that like unites hockey fans to be like f off man i'm trying to think of one like i i'd probably go the one that came to the top of my head was probably jay cutler the quarterback <laughs> for the bears because like he just had this vibe where like he did not care like, it's like, I'm a professional athlete, and I do not care at all if I'm out of the league tomorrow. Like, I have millions of dollars, whatever. And he just kind of gave that vibe, and I just don't like that with athletes. It's like, I don't know. I just I just don't like that kind of vibe. And that's so that's what came to the top of my head. I'm sure there's a bunch of racing drivers I could name, but, like, I'd rather not. Yeah, he actually just started a podcast, and he talked about that, where he's like, if I acted super emotional, people got mad. If I didn't do anything, people got mad. So, you know what? I was just like, I'm just going to be myself mm-hmm. and uh, be content with who I am. And if people don't like that, I guess it's the way it is. And I'm like, all right. I, at the time when I was a fan watching him not care after his fifth interception in the game, I was like, yeah, that's kind of annoying. But, yeah, I guess I, I get it more now now that I've grown up a little bit and understand that a little more. But he also made some terrible throws. Well, I was a Lions fan. That was great. But – yeah, he also, be, he also beat us a lot. So, um, Shannon, how about you? Um, I think recent history, I'm gonna go with Eric Ebron. Yes, also that as a Lions fan, <laughs> also Eric Ebron. Right. I've never seen another player not care and not dive not and not so much and and get into and, it with fans on social. It's like, buddy, it's such a bad look. And then like, he thinks on. that he's amazing. <laughs> Like, it's like you, it's like you lead the league in drops, man. Like you can't, yes. you can't. Like I don't know if he ever actually did, but like it's just 
the amount of times in Lions games where it's like, if he had just kind of laid out a little, he'd have got that, but he never <laughs> well, did. Well, he played for the Colts, he, too, yeah. right? And so yeah. I'm a Colts fan, and he mm-hmm. yeah did the exact same thing. He was like, eh, mm, nah, I can't get there. It's cool. You make business decisions constantly. It's like, I might get hurt if I do that. Horrid. Runs out of bounds. <laughs> you know, those ones, right? So, so there you go. Yeah. There you have it. I changed my mind. Eric Ebra. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Yeah, I think mine's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Oh, why didn't I say Aaron Rodgers? As an oh, ath- of course I hate Aaron Rodgers. As an athlete, I respect the hell out of him, but he is such a dirtbag of a person. Yeah, the whole family thing. He's got this huge Thank chip on it. Yeah, this family thing I just don't know enough about to make an educated opinion, but it's kind of like you were saying. It's just like a kind of a bad look just getting the limited info you get. But then it's just like he acts like the Bears have – tormented his life every time he plays them because he's 20 and 5 against them. Wow. And he routinely beats the shit out of them every single year. Yeah. But every time they go into a game against the Bears, he always has this like gigantic chip on his shoulder against them. And you know, we saw the last game where he's like, "I own you. I still own you." It's like, "Okay, well, and Lighting and I talked about this where it's like, "Well, your teammates have also been really good. There's definitely games where you carry the team, but there's also games where Devontae Adams bails you out or Clay Matthews bails you out or insert Pro Bowler, Pro Bowler on your team bails you out. It's not just you running the show every single time you play yeah. the Bears. So I just never have liked him. I don't think there's an athlete that's had more of a negative contribution to my childhood <laughs> than Aaron Rodgers. And repeated, it's not a rivalry anymore. The Bears Packers. Yeah, it's just that, that's it feels a like a very because a rivalry implies that one team bitter. It implies that one team actually like beats the other every now and then. And I'd consider five out of the last twenty-five. That's not really a rivalry. Okay, but anymore. like that's not true because the Colts and the Patriots we never win, but it's a hundred percent a rivalry. It was a rivalry when Peyton was there. I don't think it is now, is it? Because they only play each other, like, once every couple of years. They're not even in the same, like, division, right? Yeah. Um... They used, since they used to win the division every year, they always played yeah. each other. Because they'd always win each other's yeah. division. It's I don't know how it works now with now. 17 weeks. It's all weird, but... It's... They just so the seventeenth game is just you play a random AFC like each team in the NFC North had to play a team from the AFC West the AFC West based on where you were okay, in the standings. Gotcha. So like the Bears got the Raiders because mm-hmm. we finished third versus like the Packers got the Chiefs because they finished yeah. first. Welcome to Pit Lane Parlay where we talk football. So, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say for for me it's more just Packer fans that drive me insane. Like they'll be seven and one watching Sorry, the game lighting. and like complaining. That like we might lose this game, and it's like you're gonna be. David gone. Lighting has a family. Like, <laughs> like so, Aaron Tealitz will text me when the Lions are playing the Bears, and he'll be like, "Oh no, I don't know, man. I don't think like, oh, well, we don't have any receivers." I'm like, "You're gonna smoke us. Shut up. Like you're gonna be in the NFC Championship <laughs> game. Like just stop with this. I'm worried the Packers won't win thing. Like God. But anyway, yeah, moving on. All right. Well. Now that the 10 minutes of football is done, I would not have expected that, but it was a lot of fun. So we're going to ask Mark a couple questions since since uh, Mark asked us a bunch of questions last week on Twitter Spaces, and then we'll dive into a little bit of Silly Season and talk about the Road Indy Test this weekend. So Mark, in addition to everything you do, you also have a podcast. Tell us what it's about, name, how often it comes out, any of that fun jazz. 
Yeah, so I'm in a podcast called Flashback to the Track, and it comes out whenever we kind of feel like getting around to making an episode. <laughs> uh, so like lately, like once a month, because we're both very busy, because my co-host is a photographer on the NASCAR circuit, so he works like 25 weekends a year, so he's very busy. Um, but yeah, so what we do is we, we started out by reviewing old NASCAR races. We would just watch a NASCAR race and then talk about it. And then realized that people actually really liked it. So we could talk about all kinds of different old topics. It's It ended up being very similar to like the Bring Back V10s podcast. But our podcast was actually out first. But then just kind of listening to Bring Back V10s, I'm like, oh, this is kind of like what we do. Just talk about old so stuff. So they stole your idea. Uh, maybe. I'm not accusing the race <laughs> of that. But they might have. Like, you know, like, hey, these guys are small enough that we could steal their idea. But no, like it's, it's kind of the same... Sounds like something a judge yeah, should exactly. decide. It's kind of along the same lines of that, but it's it's fun. Like we did, I think the most recent episode, we talked about like the 2006 IndyCar finale. We did an episode on motorsport conspiracies. We did one on motorsport video games, like just kind of like different pop culture stuff. And yeah, you can find it like anywhere you get podcasts, except Apple Podcasts, because they have not approved our podcast yet. But everywhere oh, else. Apple, get on that. Yeah. We need to do no. motorsport, motorsport conspiracy at some point this offseason. I know you and I talked about it mm-hmm. it's a couple very, months ago. There's a couple that we came up with that I'm like, okay, those are definitely true, 1,000%. Like, the more you dive into them, so. Yeah, I'm, we could spend, I could spend hours talking about those. But anyway, we'll move on. So, photographer, videographer, how'd you get started? Uh, you know, what series are you currently handling? And yeah, we'll take it from there. Okay, so right now, um, my main series I shoot is the IMSA Sports Car Championship. So, um, I started doing that kind of full-time in 2019. Before that, I worked in professional football, which is, we talked about football oh. for 10 minutes at the beginning of this podcast. So I worked for the Canadian Football League for a couple of years. Um, and then I worked for one of the teams, worked for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. And funnily enough, uh, the week that I started there, uh, on that Saturday, they announced that they signed Johnny Manziel. And that was when Johnny Manziel came to the CFL uh, the same week I started there. So that was kind of a big thing for about six weeks till they traded him. And then he was out of the league in less than a year. But um, so that was interesting. And that was a trial by fire thing where I worked like bajillion hours and hated it. And it was not for me. But uh, I started going to races kind of just as a fan, took my camera with me. And then actually I asked uh, IMSA's PR person at the time, if I could come to the race at CTMP, I was like, well, where she says is no. And I was like, I'm a CFL videographer. And he had seen CFL games on ESPN too. And he was like, sure, you can come. Like, we'll oh. get you in. Like we do this sometimes for people for their portfolio. I was like, okay, cool. So I went and did that. I uh, got invited back by the track PR person to shoot the NASCAR race. Uh, and these are at CTMP, which is like just North of Toronto, Northwest, Northeast of Toronto. Uh, so I shot the NASCAR truck series race. And then um, I, tried to get I or my wife and I decided in 2019 that we were going to go to the Rolex 24 because I always wanted to go and uh, she's like sure we'll take vacation we'll go so I reached out again to IMSA and tried to get credentials I talked to some teams see if I could get in and eventually got a credential to come and shoot and then I started pitching to teams and I pitched to uh, AIM Autosport they're actually located in Woodbridge which is a suburb of Toronto sure. uh, and I was like hey I'll come and I'll work for you guys for free and they were like okay and they loved the work <laughs> And six weeks later, I quit my job, and now I'm a full-time motorsport videographer. I love it. I I will turn it over to Shannon for the next two. Do you have a bucket list race that you want to shoot? I have like 10 bucket list races that I want to shoot for sure. There's so many. Um, 
I, I like obviously the the obvious one is is Le Mans. I, like I, for me as a sports car guy, like not having done Le Mans yet, like obviously like I keep saying to my wife, I'm like I haven't done these races yet. I'm like not a big deal. She's like this is your third year doing this, so calm down. So uh, <laughs> Le Mans is a big one, um, and then really like so I have this infatuation with Australian motorsport. I'm obsessed with Australian motorsport. Like the Supercars Championship, I would argue is the best racing championship in the world, um, and I would kill to shoot any one of their races. But if I'm gonna fly 17 hours there, I gotta go to the Bathurst 1000 because yes. it's the longest. It's the longest race. It's the coolest racetrack in the world, and so that's definitely one I would love to do. So definitely those two are at the top, and then the Indy 500 for sure. But I've heard it's not a fun race to shoot video wise. That's another thing you gotta realize. Like I said to my wife, I'm like, oh, we should go to like the Sandown 500 Supercars race, and she's like. Is that a good track to shoot, though? I'm like, I need to find that out before we fly there. Because <laughs> to fly all the way there and the track sucks to shoot. Like, like the Indy Road Course is cool. It's like the worst racetrack to shoot in all of America. So Okay, but explain yeah. why. Like, why? tell us why it um, sucks it's, to shoot there. It's flat. It has okay. no elevation change. Uh, there's no cool curbs that the cars bounce over or anything like that, really. They don't hit the curbs very hard there. And there's just not a lot of interesting locations where you can get different types of shots. Everything, the cars are coming towards you, the cars are going away from you, or <laughs> it's just a basic, like, it's just it's just not, maybe I'm just cynical, but for me, it was just not a fun track to shoot. Like, it's, there's not a lot you can really, you have to, it forces you to be really creative. Like, you really have to be like, okay, like, what am I going to do? And you rely more on, like, if you're making an edit, you rely more on pits and paddock stuff than on-track footage, because the on-track stuff is not that great. It's just not a great racetrack to shoot. What so? What do you do on the off season? Um, do deals off for next in quotes. Do, do deals for next year and sleep. So this year our off season is like literally six weeks, I think. Yeah. Because we end uh, with Petit Le Mans next weekend, and then we are back. Well, I guess it's about two months. We're back for the Rolex, but I am working on deals to like maybe do the twenty four hours of Dubai, which is two weeks before oh, the Rolex. So like maybe I'll be doing that and I gotta deal with that and then it's more signing deals and I find in sports car racing, so in NASCAR everyone's got their stuff figured out in like September. Uh, in sports cars it's like three days before the Rolex twenty four. They're like, Hey, can you like do photos <laughs> for us this year? And you're like, Cool, because we just signed our driver two days ago. So, you know, like that's kind of how, how it works. There's a lot more moving parts with so many different manufacturers and so many drivers. So that's basically what the off season is and relaxing. Honestly, like it's nice working for yourself. Cause I'm like, I'm just gonna take two weeks off at Christmas, do nothing. But, uh, I do some other stuff as well. Like I do corporate video as well on the side. Like I'm doing a video for a composite truck body company this week. Like I'm doing, I'll probably shoot the CFL's gray cup, uh, which is the championship game. It's in Hamilton, which is like 40 minutes from here. I can stay at home. So they'll probably hire me to shoot that. So do some different nice. stuff in the off season. So, I started following you because a it seemed like you had some quality <laughs> tweets and b it's because you kept popping up in my timeline like every other day. I'm like, who is this guy? And like people just obsessed with this guy and keep retweeting him all the time. I'm pretty sure like Shannon was one of them. Probably. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so you're you're big on social media. You do a great job of it. What is for you kind of like the pros and cons of kind of just using Twitter to reach people and have positive things like racing spaces, but then kind of counteracting that with some of the negatives that we see mm -hmm. pretty much nowadays on like a daily basis. Twitter space, um, a couple weeks ago with Dale and Barr, the NASCAR photographer, he's also very active on Twitter. And I kind of asked him about that. I was like, well, what are you like? How do you balance like being yourself on social media, but then knowing that all the industry people are on Twitter and can see what you say. And his kind of thing was like, 
if anything that I say in, like offends people, then like I don't want to work for them anyway. So that's kind of the way I look at it as well. Like up until um, up until George Floyd was murdered, I never said anything political on Twitter ever. I like tapped to myself, and then after that, I was like, "Screw it! All right, let's like <laughs> let's go." Like I because this is messed up, and I need to say stuff about this. So. Yeah, and that's kind of where I was like, I'm very much myself. I've been dragged like so many times for my opinions, which is totally fine. Like that happens. And I, I try to be very careful about what I say and like think about what you say before you say it is really the big thing. But like most of the time, like the worst thing is like I'll get into it with people. Like I'll fall for the troll thing and I'll go back and forth. And I'm like, why am I wasting my time doing this? <laughs> and then I'll feel really bad about myself for like three days. I'll be like, why? Did, what am I doing? And then I'll go back and just be like, okay, here's a cool picture of a supercar for fun. And then I'll feel better again. And then like, so it's kind of like a, you know, it's like a go back and forth thing. But like, yeah, I love social media. It's fantastic. And my wife used to be very concerned that I was on my phone too much. And then now she realizes that it's just like, she likes to knit and I like to make TikToks. So, right. And that's (laughs) what we do while we watch television. So, you know, and that's fine. So she's much more understands that I use it to kind of promote myself. You know, I've gotten gigs through my social media. So like, it's really important to be active. And I've learned a lot of that stuff from Jamie Price, who like, is like my really good friend now. And uh, I didn't talk to him at all the first two years that I like was on the circuit. I never spoke to him. (laughs) We would text, like we would, we would message each other on Instagram, never spoke to him in person. And then we finally spoke with this year. So now we hang out and he's taught me a lot about, he's so on the business side of knowing like how to market yourself, how to make money, how to have different revenue streams as photographers. So that's been a huge help as well on that side. He was a lot of fun to talk to when we were at dinner. The and we went to his favorite we restaurant. Town. We went to Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> <laughs> I have many questions, Jamie, but shout out. Big respect because he's very good at what he does. But Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Have you ever wanted to know how to win a Formula One Grand Prix? I mean, really know. Know about the driver tactics from the cockpit, the strategy calls from the pit wall, and even the mind games in the paddock. There's a lot more that goes into winning a Grand Prix than just 90 minutes of racing. So every week on the F1 Strategy Report, we're taking a deep dive into the decisions that shape every result. Hey there, my name is Michael Laminato, and every week I'm joined by an expert guest from the paddock to talk through the big calls that won the race and the missteps that resulted in bitter defeat. Before every race, we'll look back at the previous year's result and consult the current form guide, and we'll be in your feed after every Grand Prix dissecting the outcome and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favourite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the chequered flag. My wife used to work at one way back when, so... Yeah, I'd go there a lot, and I... Yeah, it was alright. 
my second question, and this will kind of help us transition into the IndyCar episode here. So not necessarily IndyCar. You can you can go any route you want. But is there like a hot take that you have in the racing world that people disagree with or any hills that you're willing to die on as far as an opinion you have about driver track series, anything that you're you're willing to die on? I don't tweet about it much anymore because it, we have what we have is that um, the playoff system in NASCAR is just not it. Garbage. It's not the right way to determine a champion. It's a slap in the face to everything that motorsports is. It's about a Agreed. full season where... It's the driver, the team, the car, everything has to work. And to have it come down the entire season to the finishing order of one race, find me another se- like series that does that. Like, yeah, the 24 hours of Nürburgring, but that's one race that everyone tries to win. It's not, you know, it's it just doesn't make any sense to me. Like the Bob Latford system that he de- designed for a full season championship makes a lot of sense. And that's, I don't understand why we don't use it. Now, I, I'd be down for tweaking it. Like, I think there's a lot of things you could do, like only give the top 25 finishers points or something like that. Like, I'd be cool with that. Like, supercars used to do that. Only top 15 got points. It made sense. Um, but, yeah, like determining a champion by one race is just not not it. It's not it. But also while having an entire season. Yeah, and, and then still allowing all the other cars to run in that final race. Just they're not eligible and they have to just stay out of the way the whole race. And it's clear that they cheat up the four cars that are going for the championship and give them extra horse. But that was so prevalent last year. Like these four cars are way faster than every other car in the field. Like this is, this is dumb. Like, (laughs) why are we doing this? So I still don't even understand why the rest of the teams even race. Like I feel like that is, is like frustrating financially a bad decision because if you get wrecked, something happens, right? Like you're not, you've got no game to be out there. You have no reason to be out there. It's frustrating. Like I grew up watching NASCAR. It's the first racing series I ever watched. And I loved it at that point. It was my, it was like my be all and end all. And now I'm just like NASCAR is like sixth or seventh on my list of racing series. I watch now. It's just because of what they've done, the changes they've made. I just can't, I'm just not enthralled with it anymore. It's meh. I shoot one NASCAR race a year. I'm happy with that. That's fine. (laughs) So that's enough. (laughs) Well, on that note, we have. We're gonna start with the USF 2000 announcement. Kind of cool. Jagger Jones, Parnelli Jones' grandson, signed with USF 2000 Cape Motorsports for next year. Shannon and I got to see him run this weekend. He was super quick, so that's pretty cool. Obviously, the son of PJ Jones as well. I don't think there's really too much to add there. But I think the most interesting nugget of information that came out this week was AJ Foyt Racing potentially pairing with Kyle Kirkwood. I'm confused, but I guess if it's somewhere for Kyle to go, I I guess that's okay. But I don't know. We'll start with Mark. What do you think? Is, is Kyle Kirkwood taking his Indy Lights Championship money to the struggling AJ Foyt Racing a good idea? Well, I think he just needs to drive somewhere, and whether it's a good idea or not, like it might be the only option. He's got the money, and I, I don't think Foyt is is as bad as as people think that they are. I think they did have some flashes last year, like Bourdais was obviously carrying the team on his back, yeah. and I think they they showed they could be competitive with the right the right track, the right driver, and the five hundred is always a toss up. But um, I think the shocking thing to me is that Andretti let him get away, which is just. Like, I don't get it. Like, he's remarkable as a talent. Like, when I was at Petit Le Mans last year, he had never driven 
the Lexus RCF before and he got in the car and he was like the fastest driver there. It was insane. I was like, okay, this kid's going to be good. And, or that Vassar Sullivan don't do something with him. You know, that's interesting to me, but I don't think it's a terrible move. Like it's going to get you seat time. I don't think people are going to like look at it. If he does poorly, they're like, Oh, look how crap this guy is. Cause Pato did the Carlin thing and that wasn't good. And he still ended up where he's at now. So. I mean, I, I really think the reason it all comes down to money, right? Financially, that's why Andretti didn't pick up on him because, you know, the 29 car is going to be fully funded. And now that, now that Andretti is not going to F1 and Colton Curtis ride is not available, <laughs> they don't, they don't have the money. I don't think to just fund him without him bringing some. And it sounds like he doesn't have much to bring other than what he's getting from Indy Lights. Um, What's that called? Scholarship. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate because he is talented. But, like you said, uh, it's not going to hurt you to start at a lower team and get your experience and be at the back for a while. I mean, it's character building. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure I agree with that. I think... um... I don't think him going to Foyt's the best move for his career. Yes, it is some seat time, but and I'm not trying to put Matthias Leist and Kyle Kirkwood in the same sentence because obviously one was a little more talented than the other coming out of the rotundity, but you just look at what happened to Matthias Leist. His career never got off the ground with Foyt. You look at some of the drivers that have raced for Foyt within the last five or so years who have struggled a lot of talented names have gone through the doors of Foyt and haven't been able to make it work. And I don't think it's a driver issue on that side. I think it's just the team is just not up to par with you know, some of the other teams in the paddock. So if I'm Kirkwood, even if it's just three races, I think he would get more out of racing three races for you know, McLaren's third entry if they're still trying to get out, that off the ground or if Ganassi's going to try to put him in for three races and then maybe work something for next year or so, or even if Andretti had a fifth car for Grand Prix 500 and one other race, I just think going to Foyt and tanking could be more harm than good in the long run. Sebastian Bourdais didn't tank this year, really. I mean, he did a fairly decent job with the Foyt car. To be fair, he's also a four-time series champion. Also that, but it's possible... Yeah, but so what's what's our measuring stick for Bourdais, though? Because he was kind of midfield most places, which I guess is an improvement for Foyt. I mean, at this point, he's no farther back than the rest of the Andretti cars. Fair. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was, oh, he was better than Hinch this last season. Um, but that wasn't saying a no, whole lot. No, it's not. But it's not saying a whole lot if you're going to go and have a shitty car. It, either team it has a shitty car at this point. So... Is no, it better I'm, to yeah, run a I full season not going to Andretti might versus be like running the, only three races? I don't know. I, I don't know that I... Yeah, I think him not going to Andretti might be end up actually being good for his career. I just don't want you know him to go from Andretti to Foy because it's, yeah, it's like you said, shit to shit. So it's like, what's the point? It's kind of like a lateral so move at that point. So would you rather him go to ECR? Well, there are other teams that aren't just oh, the ECR bottom of the barrel. We're, we're naming year. like the worst teams ECR here. ECR won a race and they're always in contention. It's true. Uh, if that's one of the races, I'm not saying yeah, they're bottom remember. of the barrel. I'm saying that's who we have left to assign drivers to. It's true. And can... Well, there's the Vassar Sullivan. I don't know what Vassar Sullivan is, is or is not doing. Yeah. We don't... 
I don't think we'll know until <laughs> three days before the race, Mark Kerman. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, three days before the race, you'll find out. Yeah, so I think there's a happy medium somewhere in there, other than just like Carlin, Carpenter, Andretti's worst vehicle, or Floyd. I think there's there's got to be something else for him. I was going strictly off of what we have left to fill, and it's not much. Can he carry the money to next year? Does he have to use it? Like he can carry he ha- it. So no, he, he does not to have to use it. So if he can't find a ride, then he can. Are you sure about that? I'm I'm positive on that one because the guy like so Kirkwood won the. Indy Pro Championship in 2019 and didn't use that money in 2020 and but that they is didn't when have I... 2020. That was for COVID. Lights didn't run 2020. Hold on, I'm gonna look. I was gonna say because because it, it, is it like your money? Like can you just take the money or like? But I also don't know that if he uses a part of it, then you forego the rest of it. So you either run your like Mark your run fingers. your can you three. call uh, can you call JK Renee yeah. real quick? Let me just let me just call some indie lights drivers that I have in my phone and we'll <laughs> see if can you if you win I know now Dalton I know you didn't win the scholarship money ask but. JK Renee what he did with his money for he didn't whatever, there, there was no scholarship he won was. when he won yes twenty ten twenty ten that was the first ye- was the first year of the road to indie quote unquote but there wasn't a scholarship then are you sure I think you're wrong I think you're I think you're wrong twice in a row, if I'm being honest. I don't think I'm wrong on that one. I'll give you the first part, but the second part... I think they should let you carry it over, because, like, if you can't find a ride, like, then what? It's like, sorry, no money for you. Well, I think IndyCar, like, actually... Or IndyCar, Dan Anderson, well, I, I, maybe it's now Roger Penske's area. I think they, like... Because, you know, Spencer Pickett was, like, he didn't have anywhere to go, and all of a sudden he had to deal with Ray Hall for his three races, and then that turned into Carpenter after his trial. I don't Okay, know. I am wrong on both parts. You cannot carry the money well, over. You, you have to. You use cannot it. carry it over. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm definitely definitely wrong on the second part. But in 2010, the scholarship was 500k and didn't include any hmm. guaranteed races. It looks like, but he was rumored to run for Coin Panther, Sarah Fisher, HVM, or Conquest. Hmm. Interesting. The first the first part of my probably being wrong. I did not look up yet. I will while while we continue to look it up. I'll move on to oh Shannon. I think Shannon found something. I, I think it is only good for the next year because it just says the prize guarantees a driver entry into at least three 2022 IndyCar Series races, including the Indianapolis 500. So it doesn't say that you get to pick your three races in whatever year you want to go. <laughs> so it looks like you have to use them. Well, folks, this is why I am not the only one talking on this show. <laughs> because I often am wrong. What well, that'd be a great headline though. In like 2045, it's like Kyle Kirkwood decides <laughs> to cash in his check. Yeah. 2045. What you say, Mark? What you so like, if if Foyt's the only option, then Foyt's the only option. That's what I'm saying. Like, you don't want to lose the money. I mean, you might as well or get experience if nothing else. Well, so where are we at? Yeah. So Rick Ware with whoever, whoever, whoever needs to confirm Sato. Vassar Sullivan needs to confirm where they're going. Foyt, Foyt, Foyt. Well, I think Kellett's in one of those. So Foyt and Foyt ECR. potentially. Technically, if a Dale Coyne doesn't pat- partner with Vassar Sullivan, they might have one. Errol McLaren has a part-time for third. Potentially. We still need to figure out if the 48 is full-time with Johnson or Johnson and TK. Carpenter's road course car 
Do we do we want to talk about what we heard and heard over the weekend? Oh yes. So, juicy juicy silly season rumor is that the Carlin assets on the IndyCar side that Don Cusick looked at buying, but it didn't happen. I have heard they Shannon and I heard that they were purchased by Yunkos or Yunkos Hollinger, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. So maybe there's a second seat that's officially Yunkos Hollinger. I couldn't couldn't confirm it, but I did hear it at the track this weekend. And also, I mean, uh, Stefan Wilson's his all of his tweets are all pointing towards him running at least the five hundred, and then. Yeah. They there was another one in there somewhere that said something about a full season. Could you imagine how cool the Ilot Kirkwood lineup pretty, would look? Pretty baller. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be epic. I dig it. So maybe they'll have a second car. Fingers crossed. Like the most undeserved well not undeserving in a sense, but the the smallest team on the grid with an Ilot Kirkwood how lineup. Badass like, for that be, though, right? We're spoiled like, like this motorsports silly season. It's like everyone's gonna have two like it's like, oh, we're going to have three cars next year. And says like, oh, we're going to have two cars. We're going to have two cars. And like, everyone's going to have seven cars. And it's going to be, there's <laughs> going to be a million cars racing in America next year. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it's it's definitely a fun time. And there's, every time you think like, okay, silly season's going to calm down. There's six more things that pop up. Like, you know, David Malukas said today or, or yesterday, there's a 99.5% chance now that I'll be running an IndyCar next year. And at the... IndyCar test yesterday, so that was Monday, the Dale Coyne guys were hanging out in pit lane as he was testing the Penske car. So mm. if we're going to put two and two together there, that's looking pretty likely. I don't know. You're on a rough streak this episode. I think you're going to be wrong hey, with everything you say. Hey, let me episode. say it then. <laughs> I mean, I'd say it wouldn't necessarily mean anything if he hadn't already tested with them. But they had no reason to be there, so why be there if you don't have interest? Because I like I was gonna say like I do have photos of Alex Albon sitting in an Indy car, and I think I'm the only person with those photos. And uh, he's uh, with Williams F1 next year. So when everyone was like, "Oh, he's coming to Indy car! Look, him and his he brought his manager with him." Yeah, now he's in F1. So his uh, manager was at the eight hour. Did you see him? Yes, he manages several drivers uh, in that series. Yeah, he was. I was just like, "You're still sunburned." <laughs> that that man really has never learned a lesson to wear sunscreen. Never. <laughs> we never do it. I always do. You don't. Always. Mike does. He's like, "Oh, I got sunscreen." Pasty white Irish guy. I don't know what you want from me. Sunscreen. Hey, that's what we. Want yeah, I tell Matt, I'm like, "Bring sunscreen," and I, then he's like, "I didn't." And I'm like, "Okay, well, I have it," and he's like, "No, I'm fine." And then he burns, and he's like, "Ow!" I'm like, "Told you." No, so the thing is, like, Road America, like. If I burn there, then I'm like good for the rest of the summer. That's also how skin cancer develops. <laughs> that's that's the big thing. Okay, I'm not like sitting there in the sun that. for like nine hours in no shirt. Oh. It's like I, I sit in the sun for like an hour. I mean, that's a good thing. I'm like fire and red, so it's not like I'm sitting in the sun just... Guys make me sound like monsters. They said that at my campsite too. God bless Jay. Jay's in there like tobacco and drinking red bull and lecturing me about skin cancer i'm like um okay that's that's a good all right i'll give we you that one choices. We all make choices. yeah it's like we all make choices i'm not judging <laughs> that's fantastic. all right that's fair i love well, jay though jay is one of my favorites hickey or shannon do you guys have anything else i have one question to wrap it up with mark but otherwise we can just wrap everything up then if not i did butcher it a couple times over the weekend i am pretty sure 
far more Shannon than a couple, can... but it's fine. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> all right. To wrap it up, Petit Le Mans is next weekend, and Mark, I know you'll be there. So, what makes Road Atlanta such a great track? Uh, so I would say it's my favorite track that I've been to to yeah. shoot, um, and it's. I don't know. What makes it great is that it has everything. So it's got high speed, it's got slow speed, it's got it's got undulating terrain that goes up and down. It's got it's got really everything that you want. And, and that that final turn, I believe, turn twelve, when they come down the hill onto the front straight, they're going like when you see a DPI come through there, they're going so fast, it's ridiculous. And it's just an awesome racetrack to shoot. And you can shoot from pretty much anywhere you want. That's the big thing for us, like access wise. Um, if you if you want to shoot on drivers left uh, from one until seven, you do have to walk. You can't drive a cart bike. That's impassable, basically. Like you have to walk. And there's lots of spiders. That's the downside. Oh, those like hard ones pass. That are pretty big. I'm out. Um, what? Come on. So, Come on. What? Like just yeah. Spiders. So funny story. Last year, I I walked all the way from one to I wanted to go all the way to seven to get the outs and it was overgrown like all the way up to like the going down like the back straightaway. And I just, it was just all forest and you had to just give her. And I was like, do I go all the way back? Like, do I, I was like, I was like, that's going to take me like an hour. And I was like, I, I, I put like my tripod legs all the way out and I just like held it up and in front of me and just pushed my way through the woods. And I was like, okay, it's fine. It's fine. And I got to the other side down and there was a spider on the bottom of my tripod and it was two inches across and i was a nice yeah. guy I, I i held it up against the the, the wall under a, under a safety car and i was trying to get it to like walk onto the wall and leave and i was like please just get off like i don't want to kill you and then i had to just boot it because it wouldn't get off great track it's it's fantastic the two pit lanes is really cool it's state-of-the-art now at the brand new media center it's really cool like it's just a fun race track to go to. It's just a fun race. And this year is going to be even, it's going to be even more interesting because we're going to already have daylight savings. So oh, it's yeah. going to be dark at 4.30. So we're going to get even more night running than we usually do because the race starts at 12.10 and it ends, or 12.40 and ends at 10.40. So it's, I going, love to be, it. it's going to be a good one. It's, it, it's, it's a great way to end the season. Yeah, I agree. I love watching it get down there at some point. But Mark, thank you for joining. It's been a blast. And oh, we'll, have to, we'll have to do a uh, motorsport conspiracies uh, at some point before the next season starts up again, guys, everybody, everybody wants to, I'll just mention it now and on social media. If everybody wants to listen to other podcasts that are that, that on the network, we're part of go to stream evergreen, evergreen or stream evergreen on the social media and everybody have a lovely weekend of racing. Today's podcast was presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. If you're a podcaster, you can apply too immediately and get connected with advertisers that fit your audience. Go to podgo.co at podgo.co and let them know that we sent you there. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.